Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you're looking for real estate help, you've come to the right place. The official real estate agents of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tune in for the next hour with my buddy Andrew Duncan on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week to talk about the local real estate market here on the Duncan Duo Show. I'm Andrew Duncan, joined by Robert Johnson uh, with my real estate team and Mike Yates from Atlantic Bay Mortgage. I want to lead off the show today and talk about the most recent Tampa Bay real estate statistics uh, that come out every month. We make sure to talk about them to keep you updated on what's going on in the marketplace. So these are the stats for December. It's basically the year-end stats, kind of a um, recap on what happened as well as, um, you know, what happened in December, uh, t- tend to see a, a little bit of a surge in sales in December compared to prior months. Um, usually you see a, a, a much bigger difference between November and December. And this year it was just slightly up from November to December, but December was still really strong, just not up as much as in years past. For example, in November of 15, there were 35% more sales in December than there were in November of 15. In 16, it was about 12%. This year, it was about 2%. So not a big jump in the number of sales. And then back to 14, it was 25%. So usually you see a big jump from November to December. You didn't see that as much this year. It could be inventory. It could be uh, you know some of the tax stuff. It, it could be a whole variety of different things that cause that. But we had 3,092 sales in December of this year. Uh, that is up from last year's 2979, but again, just slightly up, not, not up a lot. Um, usually we, we see a bigger jump year over year in December and we didn't see that this year. Uh, average sale price, uh, 266,703, 57 days for the average home to close and we're down to 2.4 months of inventory, wow. which is a record low. That's the lowest amount of inventory that we have seen in decades. Uh, in terms of housing. So um, similarly, as you, you know, we talk about this a lot, but as you climb the price charts, you see more inventory, homes take a little longer to sell and they sell for a greater percentage off the list to sell price ratio. But you don't really see that trend really kick in until you get up above 500,000. So up to 500,000, um, that, that's, those stats are, are relatively <laughs> consistent across all price ranges. But when you get above that and you start getting into jumbo loan products and luxury properties, they, they take a little bit longer to sell. There's a greater percentage of them that do not sell. And then of course, um, you know, the process of getting them sold. We do, however, have more luxury sales now than we did a year ago and two years ago. So there are more of them selling just, um, you know, the stats are, you know, tried and true that, that it's always going to take longer for those to sell. And, um, it's going to, they're going to sell for a little bit lower than, um, you know, asking price compared to the norm. So, you know, looking uh, back, you know, so if we look at December of 16, the average sale price was 252000 then, 266 this year, so an increase of about 6% um, in the average sale price year over year. In December of 15, it was 227 and then in December 14, it was 212 So it's gone from 212 to 227 to 252 to 266 Um, Fellas, do you think that trend's going to change anytime soon? 
No. no. Not with, with not with two and a half months of inventory. Yeah, yeah. it just it, it it can't unless there's some kind of crazy disaster. But I mean, with that little inventory, it just supply and demand. Just you just you can't. Yeah, and know, it, there, it, was, there was so many people sitting on the sidelines waiting to buy for so so long, um, and then now you have people who you know even foreclosed and everything else that have waited the seven years. I mean, all that's kind of. Every out. year, more and more people are ready to buy, ready to buy. And uh, it's just a lot of people in the pool and not a lot of inventory. Yeah, and fewer people are um, you know, looking to sell their home. They're holding on to them. They're turning them into rentals. They're um, you know, adding on to their house. Well, they're, where are they going to go? Them. Yeah, where are they going to – you know, I, that's I mean, what their fear is. Yeah. Their fear is they're not going to be able to find a house. Well, and we hear that all the time from sellers. Yeah. You know, And obviously – um, it's, it's hard cause you know, they want to go out and they want to buy something before they put their house on the market. They want to put something under contract, but the problem is inventory is so low. Other sellers don't want to accept the contingency yeah, ex- of my exactly. home's got to sell Cause there's so many buyers that don't have a contingency. So right. just a whole bunch of things going on right now that affect a lot of the sales. One of the solutions for us is obviously we can do a guaranteed sale where we can sell your home, you know, fast. And if it doesn't sell, we buy it. Secondly, we will make an immediate offer on your home. So if that's something that's concerning you, um, you know, we'd love the opportunity to step in and, and cure that. One one other thing that I think is um, you know kind of uh, important to look at for for um, home sellers and home buyers is let's say you're um, you know whether you're moving up or moving down, your plan is to move you know after your sales, you're selling and, and then you're you're kind of transitioning to something else. And um, I heard you know I've heard recently sellers say you know what I'm going to go ahead and keep my house and rent it out. And I'm going to buy another one. And there's sometimes that makes sense. A lot of times it doesn't make sense. So, so here's an example. You know, we have a customer that's got a luxury property, um, you know, almost $2 million house. And they say, you know, I want the cash flow. So I'm going to go ahead and rent it out. And when you run the run, run the numbers, when you get up into, you know, as you climb the price charts and you run the rent numbers, the amount of rent that they're going to get, it's going to be a very, very, very meager return on investment for the amount of money they have in that house. So I'm always a big proponent of, of, you know, kind of, you know, talking to somebody they think outside the box, which is what we do and look at other solutions for you. So in talking to, um, you know, this customer, it's clear that they should sell the existing home, buy a new one. And then after they buy the new one, buy some investment properties. You know, if they really want cash flow, they're going to get much better cash flow buying 10, $200,000 houses than they are renting out their one, $2 million house. So when you're, when you're thinking about keeping your property, um, maybe I understand a lot of times people say, Oh, I want to stay invested in real estate. I want to keep owning real estate. And that's fine. You just may not have the right real estate to keep owning. You know, the, the luxury market is very volatile. Um, you know, holding on to it is risky. It's expensive. If you get vacancy, if you spread out that risk amongst a lot of properties, you eliminate the challenges and problems and obstacles that can sometimes occur when, you know, you have, you know, if, if the $2 million house goes vacant, you're one for one. If one of your $200,000 houses goes vacant, not really that big of a deal. Um, but, but nonetheless, you know, if you want to stay invested in real estate, doesn't necessarily mean you should keep your primary residence. Maybe selling your primary residence and buying better investment property is a, is a better path to go. And Mike, you know, I know that, um, we've talked about this in the past, but let's say there is someone out there that says, you know what? I see how great real estate's doing. I don't want to sell my existing home because I want to keep it. I want the appreciation. Um, and I want the cash flow. And if we step back and do the math, sometimes, you know what, you're going to do better in, in, in renting out other homes than the one that you're in. Right. Um, you know, what, what is the process? So let's say someone wants to do that and they're financing it. You know, should they buy the primary first and then the investments? And then secondarily, 
you know, what, what do some of those investment loan products look like? What, what are some of the limitations? Right. One, I always suggest that if people are looking to buy multiple properties, one of which being their primary residence, to always do the primary residence first because, you know, if something happens along the way and they're not able to, you know, let's say they, they've bought several investment properties and something happens and they can't buy the primary residence, then they may have to go stay in a house that they don't really want to. Um, so I, I typically suggest to my clients to to go for the primary residence first. Uh, but as far as qualifying uh, for that, you know, especially uh, let's say you want to vacate your home and use it as a rental property. Uh, depending on the type of loan, uh, there's there's different guidelines out there for whether it be a conventional loan for the new purchase, VA, FHA, um, as far as using offset rent to you know, take care of a mortgage payment on the current house and qualifying for the new one. Um, you know, or if you don't have it rented out prior to leaving, you essentially just have to qualify, you know, financially for both properties. Um, as far as the investment properties are concerned, we have uh, an option with as little as 15% down. Um, you know, it, it does involve carrying PMI, which a lot of people don't want to do, especially on investment property, because that's, you know, additional payment on your mortgage that, that you have to get covered by rent. So it's going to eat into some of your, your margins. Um, so, you know, 20% is a little bit more common, um, kind of the same deal, you know, your income has to support it. We typically, you know, want to see that you have reserves in the bank as well to cover that, to, to cover the vacancy factor, you know, that way if you're not able to get it rented or you you lose a renter or your renter's just not paying rent that you still have the funds to make the payments on those. Yeah, you know, it's interesting though. There are a lot of people we look back at some of our, you know, past customers. There are a lot of people that hold on to real estate here and then move away too or or they they get relocated. And so they keep their, you know, primary residence, which is a $500,000 house, they move away. The problem is that um again, you know, you you've moved away and you've got a high p high priced, you know, property. Um, again, it, it just makes sense to break it off. Have two two hundred thousand dollar houses. You're better risk against vacancy. You're going to get better cash flow. You're going to have different tax benefits. Um, rarely does it make sense, in my opinion, to keep the initial property that you own unless it's like an entry level starter house. Outside of that, the numbers just tend to not make sense, and it, it's better to buy other smaller priced homes and then and then sell the existing property. Right. It's going to be easier to find someone that can afford the rent on a $200,000 home than a luxury property, for instance. There's just not a lot of people out there that can afford that. Or that will rent because they'll just go by. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, one of the things I want to talk about next, and I don't have enough time for it, so um, I'm just going to tease it, tease the next topic here a little bit. Um, you know, talking to our accountant and some of the financial people out there, um, you know, really hearing a lot of buzz about how the tax changes are going to really force and press people from New York and California and some of these high in state income tax places to move here. So um, our inventory challenge doesn't look like it's getting right. any better. <laughs> you know, if we have more buyer demand and still not enough homes to sell, that means prices go up, but it still doesn't create the inventory obstacle. So, you know, that that's something that I think we're going to continue to be challenged with. It's, it's, you know, the builders can't build stuff fast enough and, um, you know, we can't find homes to sell, you know, fast enough. And, and that's just the, the, you know, the market at the moment, I think that's going to continue. So I've got a featured property I want to talk about. You can see, uh, all the details about this property and more at the Duncan duo.com where you can search the entire MLS, get your home value, apply for our guaranteed sale or immediate buyout program. 
132 New Britain Court in Bradenton, Florida. This is at uh, Stony Brick uh, at Heritage. Um, beautiful, beautiful house. $410,000, four bedroom, two bath, 2,644 square feet. Um, really nice curb appeal, built in 04. Uh, plantation shutters, crown molding, roll down hurricane shutters, uh, new AC and new appliances, uh, glass sliders that lead out to um, you know the backyard, luxurious uh, bath. Both both additional bedrooms are good size as well. The Stony Brook at Heritage Harbor offers a resort style community pool, fitness, walking paths, dog park, tennis club, house with restaurant. And uh, seller is offering a home warranty. This is uh, super close to I seventy five, so it's a great property to, if you need to commute. Uh, back and forth either to Tampa or to Sarasota. Again, one three two New Brighton Court, uh, Bradenton, Florida, uh, three four two one two, listed at four hundred and ten thousand. You can find more information about this one at theduncanduo.com, dot uh, com, where you can see this property as well as all of our feature properties uh, up in the uh, the top corner of the page. So again, one three two New. Britain Court, Bradenton, Florida, uh, $410,000. We're going to be back after a quick break. Make sure to check out all of our socials at the Duncan Duo, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Snapchat, even though I don't use it. Uh, but make sure to check us out at the Duncan Duo. And we'll be back after a quick break here on 970. Hey, back with Andrew hosting the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show on 970 AM WFLA. The real estate expert in Tampa, Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo, 10 AM on 970 WFLA. Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're back for another week to talk about the local real estate market. We talked a couple of weeks ago on the show about the new tax proposal and what it was going to do to the real estate market. And now a lot of experts, economists, tax advisors are uh, telling me that we're going to see a heavy influx of people, wealthy people, moving from California and Florida, or moving from California and New York to Florida because of the uh, inability to write off state income taxes and the caps on the property tax write off. So it's, you know, you're capped at 10 grand for property taxes and apparently you can't. And I don't, I'm not a CPA, so I don't know the exacts about it, but there's, there's some new policies in the tax law that, Eliminate or reduce people's ability to write off their state property, their, their state income taxes. So, um, you know, for some people, some high net worth income earners in California, New York, up north, out west, you know, it's, they're starting to look at states like ours, you know, that have, you know, no state income tax and lower property taxes because, um, you know, they're, you know, they want to eliminate that cost, um, and they don't see the benefit of it. So, um, you know, definitely uh, another obstacle or challenge we'll have in the inventory battle. But I think at the same time, it'll help our prices rise, and maybe that gets enough sellers to to motivate to get off the fence and sell. Yeah, I mean that's that's there's really a sweet spot somewhere. Um, but again, I just go back to it, it's hard to tell a seller to sell when they feel like they can't find anything. I feel like once you get it to a certain price bracket, you're finally getting to the spot where builders are actually building. Cause one of our challenges are builders aren't building a lot of starter or, right. you know, second homes for people. They're building I, practically luxury yeah. property that require a balloon, a balloon loan. So, or excuse me, a, a jumbo loan. So that's really where we're seeing a lot of the issue. Builders just didn't build for a long, long time, and it's hurting yeah. us. And and the entry level product is obviously a challenge. And and what people have to understand, and 
you know, you've got people on, you know, you've got conservatives and liberals that, that disagree and, and get angry when it, when the topic of affordable housing comes up and the idea of helping people, you know, become homeowners because, you know, one side doesn't want to, you know, give entitlement, you know, and the other side, you know, sometimes maybe wants to go too far and the, and the, the solution's probably somewhere in the middle because without that first time home buyer purchase, the person that sells their first time home, goes and buys their second home. The person that sells that home goes out and moves up and it's a domino effect. But if you don't have entry level product and you don't have inventory for that price point, the domino effect is so many, there's multiple sales that don't happen because of that. So it's a, it's a really crucial thing when, when you hear, um, you know, when you hear of governments, um, you know, promoting or pushing an affordable housing project or changes regarding affordable housing. Um, you know, don't necessarily g- group that into the same category that you might with, you know, other entitlement type things or, or, you know, because the reality is it has such a huge domino effect on not just the entire real estate market, but your home's value, the, the ability for you to sell your home. When inventory is low, man, we need everybody. We need everybody and everything to be able to create inventory from wherever it can be created from. And, and, um, so, so, you know, that's something I see sometimes you have people on two different sides of the political spectrum that will disagree about, you know, government backing of a, of an affordable housing project or area for homeowners. And the reality is, is it creates so many additional sales and activity that, that it's really vital to, you know, to, to need. So, um, but you know, right now, just not a lot of inventory and and that's the biggest struggle of our market right now is, is just, is finding inventory because I think you're right, Robert, there are a lot of sellers out there waiting because they can't find their house. Yeah. I mean, we go to several appointments per month where, I mean, I can think of one that an agent went on last night where the sellers said that I had actually won earlier this week. So, I mean, it's, it happens quite often. Um, there's some ways that we can get around that and advise them of things, but you know, you can't advise somebody something when they're not even calling because they have an assumption that. And that the, and the anyway. tough part is, is sellers have always done the whole, you know, sell contingency right. type thing. And, and you know, that the, the, the obstacle is it just doesn't work in a market that is hot when the buy, the house can get multiple offers. So it's almost like the seller, has to reverse their thought pattern and you know obviously we can do the guarantee or an immediate offer but but they also need to think about selling the house first and maybe if that means you know sitting in an apartment for a little bit of time or having some sort of transition period before they find their next home cause it's hard to line those two things up when there isn't a lot of options or inventory out there and and people need to kind of get past that it almost needs to become the new norm that we start coaching people that when you sell you can go live in an apartment for a little while you know like you know save a little bit of money you know you won't have all these expenses and right. you know while we search for the right house you know and there might be people out there as well that are in that situation that can't afford to buy the new house prior to selling sure. the other one. So, sure. you know, if you're in that position, you could look at buying without a contingency and then, and then sell your house after you, you yeah. already get. Like we're one. building right now. And that's what we're going to do. Like when we, when we move into the house that we build, we're going to move into it. Then we're going to go and, right. and sell the other home while we're not living in it. The other, the other thing I would say um, on that, on that same uh, topic of, of, you know, buying or inventory and, and, and that sort of thing um, I think a lot of people... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply in the markets this hot because they really want to buy buy the wrong house because of all the pressures and all those types of things and and look nothing a few you know ten thousand five ten thousand dollars isn't going to uh, cover the pain that you have to deal with from living in the wrong house you know I can tell you right now if you're someone who you know really wants to live in the right house sometimes when the inventory is light sell your house move into something temporarily and then look for the right one so anyway we're going to be back uh, after a quick break we're going to talk more about the local real estate market talk a little bit about some tips for both buyers and sellers after a quick break here on 970 WFLA Now we're back with the official real estate agents of the Tampa Bay Lightning and the best realtors in Tampa Bay, Andrew Duncan on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. We're back here on 970 WFLA talking about the local real estate market with Robert Johnson uh, and Mike Yates. Uh, you know, want to talk next about uh, our client appreciation event, something we do every year. It took us a little longer to get to this year. So this is basically like our 2017 client appreciation party that we're doing in 2018. <laughs> um, but the reality is, is, you know, when you want to book out Emily Arena and do a really cool party for all your customers, uh, you know, you, you kind of got to do it when the lightning aren't playing and holidays and stuff or when we've done it in the past, but it just couldn't happen this year. So we're doing it March 11th from 11 to three. Um, you know, if you email us, we can send you the link to register. We're going to have the register link up on our website and all of our social media channels and we'll have the video going out. Uh, next week as well to invite you. So it's March 11th. We will have Tampa Bay Lightning players there signing autographs, doing meet and greets. Uh, we'll have Thunderbug. We'll have the Lightning Girls. We'll have um, giveaways and prizes. Our team will be there. We'll have it catered. I believe we're actually talking about doing Chick Fil A, which um, nice. I think Very everybody nice. you know kind of likes. So um, on a Sunday. Yeah, because they, <laughs> they they give it to you Saturday night. And okay, just, gotcha. you know, the lightning heated up at there at the arena or whatever. So 
Um, but, but yeah, so we're, we're excited about it. We do it every year. You get ice skating out on the ice and, you know, this is the third year now that we've done it. And I think we've learned a lot in the past about ways to improve it. So, um, you know, you can simply go to, um, you know, our website, send us a message, go to our social channels. We'll be promoting it out there. It is our client appreciation event. So if you aren't our client, um, at this point, we're only opening registration up to our, uh, you know, current and past clients. Um, as well as, you know, people that are, you know, preferred vendors and people that, that we do business with in other areas. So, um, you know, nonetheless, uh, we'd love to have you there. If you're not a client of ours, then, you know, hey, look, you got enough time. Go become a client. Go buy a house. Go sell, your, sell your house with us or buy a house with us and you get the invite and really excited. Our, our customers seem to love it every year. And, and, uh, this year we're, we're working on, uh, I know they have a meeting today going over, you know, all the different, ideas that that um you know that we're putting into place from past events and we're gonna have more prizes this year which i'm kind of excited about so we're gonna have some pretty cool um you know things to give away to uh to our customers so six decisions to make before the home search um you know if you're out there thinking about you know buying a home right now you know you've obviously heard us talk about how inventory is light um but nothing's worse than not being prepared when the market's this competitive. So the very first thing that you got to understand is you got to understand the market and the, and the place that it's in. You got to know that it's competitive. It's multiple offers. You've got to act fast. You have to be decisive. You have to make strong offers. You're, you're not going to be able to lowball and get offers accepted right now. Robert, you know, you deal with this on the, with the listings, you know, on our team, you know, sellers know the market. So if you come in with a low ball, what, what's their general response right now? I mean, a lot of sellers don't even want to entertain a counter, uh, yeah. which can be a little frustrating because I always think every offer is, is worth a counter, even if it's just a dollar. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you have to come in. You have to be really strong with your offer. I mean, if you're a buyer who's coming in with a low ball offer because the market's so competitive, I would say that you probably have a, a really bad agent who isn't advising you very well. But you're also not really serious about buying. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, you, you've either, I mean, I would say you've probably missed out on a lot of houses and you just like sit out there and make offers on random things. Cause right. a normal buyer is going to get frustrated because low ball offers just aren't going anywhere right now. Right. And so another thing that's really important is establishing your budget. Mike, this is really important. This is where obviously the mortgage lender comes in, not just to determine what someone feels like they can afford, but what they can actually qualify for. Right. And that's something we talk about on here a lot as well. Um, you know, if you think you can afford a certain price range and you're looking at those homes, you know, online or, or however you're doing it, and then you go to get pre-qualified and find out that you can't, can't, you know, you might not like anything in the price range that you qualify for, you know, or, you know, kind of the flip side of that, you may still be able to qualify in the price range you want, but you don't want to make the payment that comes with, with that particular price Especially range. taxes, insurance, and all that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know. I tell everybody, if you're looking at $250,000 homes, for instance, you could look at a hundred of them and every single one's going to have a different payment on it because of the taxes and insurance. You know, I always tell kind of a funny story, you know, it's, it's, you know, if you go out, if you need to get a mortgage and you're going out and looking at homes in a price range and you haven't yet qualified, um, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, walking into the dessert room at Burns and having all this great dessert brought up to you, you know, and it all placed right in front of you. And then they say, oh, I'm sorry. You can only have one scoop right. of vanilla. Here you go. You're looking at the, you know, you're looking at the creme brulee and the, you know, the, the chocolate, you know, desserts and all these things. And all of a sudden that you can't qualify for that. So right. I think it's important. And it also helps you come to grips with what, you know, you can buy and, and what works for you. 
um, and also keeps you from looking at things that you can't quite ha- you know make happen right now. Right, and then the other big thing too with our market the way it is with multiple offers, if you find the one you know that you want and you haven't had a chance to get pre qualified yet, you might miss. By the time you do it, the house might be gone. Yep. Needs analysis is another thing. Needs versus wants. You know, um, unless you have an unlimited budget, you're not going to be able to get all of your wants. You got to you got to put out a list and you got to be willing to compromise. And, Robert, you know this from the years and years you've been with us. You know, people will come up with this long list of everything that they that they want. And we know they're not going to get everything on that list. Yeah. I mean, I used to call it, um, you know, your non-negotiables. These are things that you absolutely have to have in a home um, there. You know, you call them needs. Um, but you just there's no way in your home search you can live without these things. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff that you would like to have. And really, no house is perfect, especially in this market. I used to say, hey, that if the house is 80 percent perfect probably it probably is perfect i mean and also you know you can't find you know the perfect house for a great deal yeah it's either you can you know you can either find like a great deal that needs a lot of work or you're gonna find a great house for you you can't have both yeah and i I think that that you know people were just trained and conditioned on the bad market that they were going to get a great deal and just it isn't out there anymore the other one is do you want a house do you want a condo do you want a townhome you know, I think that's a really important thing is, you know, what works for your lifestyle. Um, you know, do you do you want to live in with restrictions in an HOA? You know, I think that's another one a lot of people need to need to know. Do they want the HOA telling them you can't have a basketball hoop in your driveway? You know, you can't, um, you know, park cars in a driveway. You can't um, You know, have a bunch of cars on blocks in your yard. You know, I mean, wh- whatever it is that you want, um, you know, you, you can't do that in an HOA. So I think that's something you have to decide. Um, do you do things or is your lifestyle such that you would violate those those covenants? Um, another um, another important one, schools. I mean, what school district, you know, what school district are you going to be in? Yeah, I mean, that's something we talk about a lot. Yeah, and that's, you know, the the hard part of living in an area that's growing so much is that school districts can change, yep. obviously. So if you buy something based on a school district, especially in some of the suburbs or farther out, I mean, most likely at some point your school district will change. Right. Um, so or it might get worse. You know, well, I mean, that's like what you I mean. I don't mean change for yeah. the better. I mean, it could change either way. Oh, I thought you meant like it changes schools. No, like, no, no. Okay, Cha- yeah. The school the changes. school boundaries yeah. could yeah. change. Yeah. Um, and there's really not anything you can do about that. So, so, you know, it, school systems are definitely important, but yeah. do remember that they can change. Yeah. And I think in addition to not just changing, like you might get put into a different school, but the school could get worse. You know, like when you when you see this massive growth like that, schools sometimes, you know, their administrators sometimes don't handle handle it very well. You know, so um, should the home be moving ready or do you want to buy a fixer upper? You know, I'm, I'm always a fan of moving ready unless it's an investment property that you don't occupy because – I've done the let's fix it up while we live in it, and it's a nightmare and it's torture. So, you know, I'm just not a fan of that unless you're somebody that's really handy and enjoys that. I mean, really enjoys that. I'm not saying like you enjoy the end product of it. I'm saying like you enjoy staining your cabinets. You enjoy that. Like if you enjoy, if you're the type of person that enjoys that, great. If you're not, I can tell you time and again, you end up spending more money than you think and you waste so much time, energy and effort on the house that you just, you know, it's, it's just not fun in my eyes and I don't enjoy it. Yeah. When I bought my house, I, 
I was like, well, I'm just going to paint the inside myself. I literally like started, I think, the first roll, and I was like, oh, this is awful. I don't want to do this. <laughs> but I thought that was something I wanted to do, and I yeah. was miserable. And it, it probably should have taken two days to do it, but I didn't want to do it. It probably took me a month to get it done. I think you know the other decision you make before your home search that isn't in this article is picking your agent. I mean, you know, this is this is you know the the most expensive thing you're likely to purchase in your life, and you know I hear a lot of times, oh, I have a friend or I have a buddy and, and that that sort of thing. Um, you you really want to be conscious about picking somebody that's good, a team and a company that really know what they're doing. You know, the the only solution really is to call the Duncan Duo, but. <laughs> In, in all other situations, you know, you just want to make sure that the agent that you're working with is experienced in dealing with these situations. You know, ask them questions like, what are you going to do in a multiple offer situation? How are you going to, how are you going to let me see homes that aren't yet on the market? How are you going to represent me when we're negotiating? You know, how available are you? These types of things that I think become really, really important. But I see it happen far too often where people pick an agent because it's somebody they know. And then their personal financial situation gets, involved with friends and you're dealing with, you know, your friend knowing your stuff and, you know, really think that through. This isn't like somebody you're going to to get your hair done. You know, like it's just not, you know, it's, it's, it's much more involved than that. So, um, you know, really think twice about, you know, who you're hiring and why you're hiring them and are they the right, you know, person for you. I always give the, the analogy, um, you know, if you're going in for brain surgery, you know, do you look for the best, hospital in the market to go to for brain surgery or do you go to your buddy that kind of dabbles in it every once in a while? You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not putting my brain up right. nor am I going to put my house up for risk by going to somebody that isn't really experienced, that doesn't have the backing of a team and an organization that doesn't have, you know, training and, you know, our agents, you know, our average agent does five times the number of transactions per year than the market average, which means that, you know, an average agent out there that's been in the business for five years, my agent that's done it for one year has more experience than them just in terms of the number of customers they deal with, the offers they write, you know, the the transactions they have. So well, anyway, we're going to talk next. We're going to wrap up the show with our last, last segment and uh, we're going to give some home seller tips uh, after a quick break here on 970 W. Tampa Bay, if you want to know what's going on in the real estate market, tune in right here on Sundays at 10 a.m. on 970 WFLA for the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the local real estate market. And we're going to wrap up the last segment of the show here uh, talking about some tips for home sellers. And uh, the very first tip that I'm going to give you is is uh, the same thing I talked about you know, with buyers. Make sure to hire the right agent. Um, Robert, how many times... Do we list homes that were listed by somebody else and we end up selling them really fast, even when the price is the same, because there was something missing in the marketing, the copy, the photos, there was something off? My gosh, it might a lot. Number one, that's the first answer. But um, it could be something as simple as you hire a part-time agent. The agent has no idea how to handle showings. The agent is having... Um, other agents call their cell phone to schedule showings. They're at another job all day and they're not calling them back and they're showings missing a ton of showings for your property. I mean, it is things that 
simple that can cause a house just not to sell. Yeah, I mean, we see it all the time. We had one this week that was on the market for a really long time with another agent. We put it on at the at the same price in like two days. It was under contract. And and the reality is there's so many things that go into having a system for a business, having it systematized, eliminating some of the hassles and lags that happen when you're one person attempting to to represent the sale of a property and, and check off all these boxes. And we know that um, you know not everyone is good at everything. So we've really you know at our company we've hired people to put them in positions of things that they're good at, which means separating little segments of the home selling process to different people so that the process gets done, gets done properly. And it, it's also interesting because um, the business has changed so much, even in the years that I've done it and I've worked for us for almost eight years. Um, the business is so much more digital now, just scheduling showings. I mean, so much stuff is online. So much stuff is just very, very quick, very, very automated. And if you have an agent who doesn't understand the complexities of that, even though it was created to be more simple, it can be more complex. And Especially if you, the technology. Yeah, yeah. And if you have an agent that's not understanding of that and your agent's taking two or three days just to get you into the property because yeah. they want to physically talk to somebody to schedule a showing, yeah. um, you're missing out. And that yeah, property is going to be gone. That's the thing. It really has. It's changed so much. And we were ahead of the game with that. You know, we, we started a lot of that stuff way early, you know, even when you started with this eight years ago and, and the technology, even things like 3D tours and drones. And I mean, we've always been on the cutting edge and doing things first, but, but you're right. I mean, today everything is, is very electronic in terms of the communication. Everything is streamlined when it's done right at the right companies to get your home the most exposure. I think another really important thing, and we talk about it a lot, but it's the photos. I mean, your photos need to pop. They need to show the room off. They need to be 3D. You need to have a video. You need to have drone shots. I mean, there's so many things. There's so many ways that that makes the home look better online. And and it's not when, – when I say it looks better online and you say, oh, my, my realtor put – the house online. It's not about putting it online. It's about putting it online the right way and in all the right places. There are a lot of agents out there that don't pay Zillow, Realtor, and Trulia for the featured enhancements to get more eyes on their listing. It's kind of like, you know, being in the corner of Walmart, uh, hidden on the worst aisle in the store. You know, you, you, it's not just about being in Walmart. It's about being on an end cap. It's about being in the right spot. Well, and there's, there's a lot of sellers who we meet with who are second or third time listing their property and they're, they've called us. Um, and they're saying, well, we're explaining our marketing program and what we do that's different. And we mentioned some of those things. They'll say, oh, well, my last agent did that. So we have to go in and explain to them. And, you know, a lot of times pull up their last listing and, and show, show them, them what was different compared to that one versus what's com- different compared to ours. How many do. more eyes are going to be on that property? I mean, the online showing of the property is really the first showing of the property. When they come to your house, my idea as an agent is when they're coming into the home, that's their second showing Correct. to confirm that they love the property Online. and they want to write up they want to write an offer on it at that point. So so and that's another reason to, to let sellers know, especially for us, you don't have as you know if you sold your home five years ago and you say, Oh, we're not getting very many showings. Yeah, you are. They're just happening online. The number of in-person showings today before a sale is much lower number. You just don't. It's all going online. Secondly, another really important, uh, you know, thought to, to keep in mind when it comes to, you know, selling your home and maximum exposure online. Um, a lot of the real estate portals now, Zillow, Realtor.com, you know, are notorious for. They're the heaviest hitters that advertise the most. If you're a real estate agent and you don't pay them money, you don't get the leads on your own listings. Which is is tantamount to basically saying like your home isn't getting properly represented to get the most exposure and the people that know the answers to the questions and can communicate directly with you. Because here's what happens. 
So if you're with an agent and that agent doesn't pay for the enhancement on realtor.com or Zillow for those leads, when an agent, when a customer inquires about that listing, it's going to a third party agent that's paying for that lead, not the listing agent. Far too often customers think they're contacting the listing agent and, and they're not unless the agent pays for those enhancements. And a lot of them don't have the budget to pay for it because it's expensive. I just, we pay hundreds of thousands of dollars a year for those services to, to get our leads to our agents so that they can get the proper service, proper questions answered. So again, really make sure to look at that and, and ask the questions of your agent, look their listings up on Zillow and realtor.com, compare them to ours. And then you'll have an idea of whether or not they get the leads on those. Because again, a lot of your inquiries aren't even going to your listing agent in that place. And Questions probably aren't getting answered right, and then guess what ends up happening? The home doesn't sell. So, well, anyway, we appreciate you tuning in. Make sure to check out uh, theduncanduo.com for your home value estimate to search all properties in the MLS. And, um, you know, we'll send out information about our client appreciation event. And we hope you have a great rest of your Sunday, Tampa. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.